Academy episode 18. The, the truth is, is that we're a trade that's always figured out a way to fix the cars that the manufacturers produce. So thank God for the manufacturers. Thank God for all the crazy systems they come up with. We're going to be able to figure out how to fix them. Um, I think the big takeaway from Cars Detroit is that these things are going to be fixable and they're going to be profitable for auto repair shops to fix them. So they're, they're not going to be a disaster for us. They're going to be good for us. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarketers from North America and around the world to the Town Hall Academy Forum, a review of the ASA Connected Cars event held in Detroit in May 2017. It's Carm Capriato here, your host. If you want to catch up on the future of vehicle technology, you picked the right episode. Because not everyone has the time to sit in front of a video screen or to be on Facebook, this is the perfect medium to deliver these powerful Academy lessons that are presented every Friday at 12 noon Eastern. See, we take a single topic each week with an industry panel and broadcast live on my webinar platform and on Facebook. You can learn all about connecting at remarkableresults.biz slash townhall. See the show notes for this Town Hall Academy at remarkableresults.biz slash A018. There you'll find additional guest bio information, the episode talking points, and links to my guest's past episodes. The Academy Podcast, another powerful resource of educational content inside the Remarkable Results Radio Program. Use it to improve your knowledge base and success. Now, listen to a great overview of the ASA Connected Cars event with Donnie Seifer, the event organizer. Donnie is a second-generation repair shop owner and ASE master technician. An active industry educator, Donnie is past chairman of the Automotive Service Association and works nationally to help repair shops with IT and service information utilization. Donnie is also a member of the Board of Trustees of NATEF and a trustee of AMI. Also, Peter Rudloff is here. He's the owner of Pete's Garage in Newark, Delaware. He's also a national automotive advisor and instructor, a nationally published technical writer, and part of the Delaware Training Group. Also, Craig O'Neill, third generation in O'Neill's transmission and service. He is an ASE certified technician and service consultant. He is excited about the technological advances the industry is seeing. And also Dave Wagner, a technician working at Savage Automotive Technologies in Northeast Philadelphia. Dave is an ASE CMAT L1, L2, L3, assistant coordinator at the Delaware Training Group, and an EV hybrid technician. Enjoy this lively discussion with these four engaging technicians as we discuss the ASA Connected Cars event and future technology. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to the Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. So, Donnie, I'm going to start this thing off with you. What may, what motivated you to hold this event? Well, you know, I've been working with, uh, through the association on telematics and the connected car pieces. And the more that I saw this evolve, the more I became fearful for the guys who repair cars that, that where's the platform for them to learn about this? And so I pitched it to our board of directors and said, I got this idea. I want to do a program that's really at the high end of the, of the technical scale. So um, they jumped on board and said, go for it. And that's really how we got there. 
you are all in, if you will, on connected cars and telematics. But, Donnie, was there one outstanding new thing you learned last week? Well, I, I did learn one thing for certain, and that is that you cannot attend a class when you're running all of them. Um, so I missed a lot of the material. Fortunately, they, they sent out a lot of <laughs> they sent out a lot of the uh, the pieces to me in advance, so I got to read them. But I think the biggest thing that I took away will not be what uh, someone who attended took away. I took away that there are a good number of folks in the industry who are already paying attention. And, but that there's a gigantic gulf between them and the, the other folks that were going, oh, my God, I've never seen this stuff before. I didn't know it was like this. And a lot of preconceived notions were destroyed. Let's talk about one of those preconceived notions. You said to me, CARM consumer education must go hand in hand with technician education. What do you mean by that? I think the biggest problem is that consumers don't understand what's coming their way and and they see these things as as uh features on the cars you know oh look i've got blind spot detection but when that system needs some service and and that's probably not the ideal system to to bring up but if if that system needs some service they may be stunned by what the costs are to maintain that you know that eight or nine hundred dollar line item option um, that, that's got that package of pieces in it that they call safety items and and they are but but that line item could turn into all kinds of things down the road and through service i don't know how these vehicles work if the stuff isn't all there you know what donnie did at the uh, at the event when you opened it up donnie and uh boy uh, please re- remind me that this was you because i took some really good notes you talked about the safety issue that in 2015 was issue that there were 35,092 deaths on the us roads was that that was your piece yeah. wasn't it donnie it was kind of like your keynoter yeah. 96 per day or a crash of two uh, of a 737 every other day and to me that was impactful to to understand where the safety systems in the vehicles are going forget autonomous cars driving themselves even just as it exists today and and, uh, you open this thing up and i think you got everyone's attention that we're in the safety business yeah and and we have been for quite some time uh it's just that the systems that have been out there are much more passive you know we repair broken seat belts and, and airbags get repaired when there's an accident but that when you start looking at these systems that are actively, I think one of the presenters put it, you've got that really busy passenger who's keeping an eye out for you on everything. Um, when you think that you've got that on board and that that all has to work right and its view of the world has to be right, um, I think those are those are the big things consumers need to understand. Um, the techs will wrap their head around it easily. I mean, that was mm-hmm. obvious at, at this event. That, you know, that it was like a bunch of sponges out there soaking it up. Pete, you said no doom and gloom in the repair trade with all this stuff coming on, right? Yeah, it's all good news for us, man. I mean, <laughs> for the past 130 years that, the, that our trade has been around, we've hit all these points in time where, you know, our trade's doomed. We're going to go out of business. We're not going to be able to fix cars anymore in the... 1970s, it was emissions, right? In the 80s, it was fuel injection. And then it was OBD2. And then it was, you know, can and hybrids, right? Well, now it's, you know, safety systems, ADOS systems. And uh, the, the truth is, is that we're a trade that's always 
figured out a way to fix the cars that the manufacturers produce. So thank God for the manufacturers. Thank God for all the crazy systems they come up with. We're going to be able to figure out how to fix them. Um, I think the big takeaway from Cars Detroit is that these things are going to be fixable and they're going to be profitable for auto repair shops to fix them. So they're they're not going to be a disaster for us. They're going to be good for us. Craig, you uh, you said to me, oh, my God, if you listen to Deborah Bazina from GM, you learn something incredibly interesting. What was that takeaway? There's a conflagration of terms that's that's flying around this topic. Um, you have, like Donnie was saying, too, there's, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of necessity for consumer education that exists here. And a lot of that responsibility is going to fall on us as, as shop owners. We're on the front lines of, of questions that consumers have about how their vehicle should be functioning, complaints that they're feeling. And they have these preconceived notions on what a connected car is and the term autonomous cars thrown around and people will say, hey, uh, when are autonomous vehicles going to become a, become a thing? And, and uh, I liked how Deborah consistently says that it's probably not. Autonomous cars probably won't be, but fully connected, automated cars will be, and they're on the way. And this is what we're doing to do that. And all the infrastructure improvements, the, the DSRC, and, and there's a whole, whole, whole line of, of uh, technology that's, that's there to make sure a car is connected but it is automated and that that is different than a car that's going somewhere on its own and it's not an autonomous entity. You're not going to ask your cars, Hey, uh, I feel like going to the store right now. Are you okay with that? <laughs> I mean, these cars are there. They have systems that are, that are there to help you to keep you safer and they're really robust and they're, they're exciting. And I think, there's a lot of young technicians that are going to hopefully start coming into this trade also very excited to be dealing with this technology. We're dealing with the generation. They, they, they like their phones. They like uh, a lot of distractions. And now you have a car that is helping some of those human weaknesses and keep you safe. You're probably on the cusp of being a millennial, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they call us cuspers. <laughs> Let me share with you one of my major takeaways when Deborah Bazina and Donnie it was you back at Vision when we did a recording you were you were all talking all over Deborah and her qualifications and her PhDs and you said she's really going to rock the world she's going to come in there she's going to say some stuff that's going to be pretty big and powerful we need to listen to her and that's what hit me Pete and, 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 and team when she said uh, autonomy autonomous cars we're not going to have them and I think everybody went Weren't we going to hear about that stuff here? <laughs> Isn't that why we came? And she really dispelled that it's it's almost like the wrong word to use. And he just nicely, nicely covered it, Craig. Dave, a millennial, jumping into this. Oh, my God, you've just got to say, bring it on. Let me have it, right? I think this is some really cool stuff. You know, I'm looking forward to, you know, the first one rolling into the shop and you know, doing some exploratory on it. ADIS systems, is it a niche for shops to, to want to make sure they stay on that cutting edge? But do the consumers know that you're going to be a shop that's qualified to fix this? Yeah, shops that, other shops that know us and all of our customers, they know we stay on the cutting edge of all the latest technology. So, yeah, yeah, they're going to know. You know, all the body shops in the area, they're going to know that we're, we're on top of it. Thank you so much, Donnie. Vehicle to vehicle, that was another big takeaway. Talk to us about that Vita, Vita V and the Vita I piece that came out. 
I think for most of our guys that were there, vehicle to vehicle was not a mystery. That was sort of something they they expected. Um, Deborah talked about dedicated short range communications or DSRC, which Department of Transportation is very um, behind, all in, as you say. Interestingly enough, though, there's also the telecommunications industry that's pioneering this 5G technology, which is really high speed um, internet. And I heard a little bit of a disconnect going on between the government voice and the, and the uh, voice of the industry that's going to provide this backbone. And it sounded like DSRC was going to be able to just work all on its own. And uh, I, I think that couldn't be further from the truth. So, um, so that, that piece I thought was interesting. And, and that's something that will evolve I'll continue to write about that stuff as, as more of it comes out, because right now I think there was, there was a lot of opinion going on there. Um, granted, she's got a handle on what's happening in her world, but I think that the infrastructure piece might have been news to a lot of people and that, you know, really vehicle to infrastructure has had a lot of problems because you have to lojack every single intersection and, and everything that, that moves in the entire infrastructure. So everything from a kid walking down the street with a cell phone on his butt to, you know, an intersection and a corner on a street. And, and how does all of that work? And so the, the infrastructure piece is really expensive. But I think what we're seeing is there are sort of some other ways to do that with high definition mapping and, and, and other uh, techniques like LIDAR to sort of see things and then map them and, and share them with others. And so I think that's, there's, there's a lot of different things that fall under those terms. It's not just a radio broadcasting back and forth. So um, I'm, I'm real interested to see where that goes. In fact, I think that's going to be some of the funnest stuff of all. I was recently in a Verizon store. The guy said to me, 5G may be as fast as fiber. Did anybody ever hear that? Yeah, it's really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, true 5G is a little ways out. Uh, yeah, I hear it's it's what three or four years yet, maybe on on cars, maybe, but it's it's going to be here faster than that. Oh, it's it's going to be on our phones faster than yeah. I I I can imagine all of the all the work that has to do to to build the infrastructure in the cars. A lot of these things have a long ways to go. Yeah, even even when when you're dealing with the DSRC, I mean, full market penetration for this technology, where where the potential for all cars to exist. On, on some network that's commuting from vehicle to vehicle, vehicle to interface. And it could take easily, um, there's a various estimates, but 15 to 17 years for full market penetration. And so we're going to have this sort of a gray area on where some cars are older, not going to be on it. Maybe they can have some backwards compatibility, but uh, the, the mandates for what new new vehicles are going to have, I mean, we have to watch all those things. And, and you know, the responsibility is on us to understand which vehicles are equipped, let our customers know. And we talked a little bit too. Uh, there's lots of questions to some of those engineers. We were talking about whether VIN decoding on their vehicles is going to give us the information on what systems are equipped on the vehicle. And some of that's not the case. Um, uh, my brother's in mobile diagnostics. Right. Right. Most of them. Right. Well, my brother's in mobile diagnostics, and, and he's already faced in several situations where even, even pushing current vehicles, uh, programming calibrations, you can't just do anything off VIN. You've got to go digging around for the RPO codes on uh, on a vehicle just to see what it was actually produced with and so we have we have several i think years of that sort of thing where there's a heavy responsibility that that shops are going to have to learn to identify if a vehicle is even 
fully equipped to do things that customers may assume it's capable of doing, but maybe it really is not. Yeah. So, Dave, uh, you believe that as you're learning to be a an instructor, that you're going to be actually teaching uh, calibration and ADIS systems in the future? That's definitely the plan. I'd like to definitely uh, teach, you know, what's coming down the road, you know. And once it gets here, people are going to need to learn how to do it. So, yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely my goal. Your biggest takeaway from uh, last week? Uh, I, I tell you, one thing that concerns me is the security. You know what I mean? Like, we're gonna, all going to be connected to, to cars through the Internet, you know. And, you know, I think we're all going to have to be almost like our own IT guys because, you know, for security purposes, we're going to be connected to cars. And let's just say we don't accidentally download a virus to a car or something. You know, that's pretty scary. You know, I mean, that's uh, our PC could be infected and, you know, it can cost somebody their lives, you know, and that's pretty scary stuff. You know, that's a great point. Uh, Mohan Sethi from Mala uh, was there and presented on secure diagnostics. And Donnie, by the way, what a what a group you had present. I mean, you know, every every time we got done with one of the instructors, Pete, uh, another one came up and blew it out of the water. It, it right? was all home run hitters, man. It was it was all home run hitters. You know, all I think about is, are we just a little way years too early at this? Or is this just, you know, we've got to get not just the toe in the water, but we've got to be up to our up to our knees in this. You, you guys agree that it's, it's never too early to, to get this going in, in bringing it in our culture, changing our business models, looking for the training? Carmen, we've been dealing with systems, you know, ADAS type systems for quite some time now. Um, they're not brand new. I think uh, I think adaptive cruise control goes back to somewhere in the 2004 range, um, 2003, somewhere in that range. So we, we've been seeing these systems. They're they were more very select, you know, going in, in the early years on your eighty thousand, hundred thousand dollar cars. So now we're starting to see them now in the you know 2012s and 2011s that are you know a more economical car that you know, your every every person car. Um, so we're, we're seeing them more prominently now, but they're not new. It's important to realize they're not new. They're just a new version of a system that's cheaper for the OEs to produce. So we're going to see more of them. Yeah. So it's important for us to be ahead of this thing. I mean, we're, you can make the argument that we're behind just because the systems have been around longer than there's been training like this on them. I think you're spot on also, Carm, about uh, being in now. Because here's the thing. When hybrids came out initially, you had one model. And people were all going to training. I was teaching classes on them. And all along, I'm like, this is ridiculous. They don't represent at this point even a quarter of a percent of the population. So these guys are not going to see these things. And the warranties are super long. But here's the difference. That was a model of car. This can be on any model of car. So proliferation is going to be not at a half a percent or one percent. It's like overnight. 10, 15% of the cars have it, then 70% of the cars have it. And because they integrate with, with systems that, that um, let's uh, middle, middle road techs interface with, right? So guys who are younger techs who are just doing general repair and, and light maintenance are going to interface with these systems when they're doing those operations. That's why it's so critical, in my opinion, and really why we did this program to get the cutting edge guys there and say, here's how they work. Go out and teach everybody. You know, basically plant the seeds and get this thing going. Yeah. 
you do rear toe adjustment on a vehicle and now you've got a camera up front that needs to be recalibrated. Do you have the equipment to do that? Or is that vehicle leaving your shop now with a light on and an inoperable system? But I continue to think, Donnie, and I think it was you about the, the education, not only for the technician, but the consumer. When we recognize that there is an advanced driver assistance system, ADIS, on a vehicle, shouldn't we be having that conversation with our customer? Oh, 100%. And to me, that was that was another really big takeaway for me. We cannot say, oh my God, look at all this stuff that's coming out. Be excited, go to the training, come back, be a repeatable person, says, hey, I learned this, this is important, we're investing, we know, we're calibrating, we're in touch. If not, where where are these consumers going to go when the light comes on or the dealership network continues to hammer? Listen, when it comes to safety in your car, we're your only choice. We can't. We have to start that dialogue. And so, yeah, we, we learned some really high-tech stuff in Detroit last week. But we learned that we can't let it go by us. Because this, this, is, this is bigger than fuel injection. This is probably one of the biggest moves ever, Pete. I mean, you brought it up before. This has got to be one of the biggest technological moves ever. And, and, and every decade, we hit a, a, the biggest technical jump forward every decade right that's how that's been that's how it's worked is every decade there's a new big technological advance this is our new big technological advance but dude we're, we're ready as a trade overall you know we're we're ready to attack this thing and we're ready to fix these systems and i think that the cars conference was a big piece of getting the right information to the right people that are going to be able to trickle down, teach the rest of the trade. So it's super exciting. Expand on the fact that you said ADA's systems are easy to diagnose. So they practically diagnose themselves. One of the, one of the really cool things about a, a lot of the really new systems is they have so much technology built into them that as long as you have a scan tool and a little bit of service information, you're probably going to get to the root cause of what's going on with them. They typically, they don't fail organically, which means they don't just go bad on their own. Typically, somebody did something to it. Either the car was crashed or like Craig said earlier, you you adjust rear toe. Now the camera's looking left, right? So typically, somebody's done something to it, and the systems are so advanced that they know what's been done to them almost. They can almost tell you, all right, hey, you know, we're, we're looking too far to the left, so you need to look at this area here. Was the car crashed or was toe adjusted or that sort of thing. You get into their circuitry issues. There's so much more detail in the circuitry issues than you have on like OBD2 systems. It, so long as shops are tooling up with the right tooling, some training, these cars are going to be easy to fix and they're going to be profitable to fix. And I think it's important for the customers to understand that these systems are easy to fix. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, educating the consumers. I think it's important that they see that we are not afraid of these things. We're excited about them, ready to embrace them. My favorite thing to do is is when I'm in conversations with clients is to to tell them, you know, hey, I just went to this conference in Detroit. We're talking about these connected cars, and and I was like, oh, oh yeah. Well, and I asked the clients, what do they think about these these new vehicles coming out? Depending on the generation, one of the most common things that I hear though is like, aren't you worried about getting hacked? And and. <laughs> 
okay i mean yeah this but that's consistently the thing that that consumers are our clients and the, the people who will be driving these cars i mean we should be listening to this and we should be learning about this and hopefully and i felt like after this conference yeah yeah hacking before i went into this that, that's gonna be concerned like david was talking about cybersecurity is very very critical that shops do manage their scan tools but these aren't going to be easy for a hacker now of course there's always a lot of time hackers can figure it out when they're they're funded well or, or committed to to that process but the operating system that drives the vehicle that's not an easy thing to write a virus for now, maybe to get in your phone through an infotainment system or, or things like that are but i think it's nice to be able to tell the clients that you know they're really thinking about these things. They're right, rest doing easy. a good job. <laughs> and I'm actually hearing from actual engineering people at this conference. It's like, no, I mean, auto technicians, we all are, right? We have a love-hate relationship with engineering. I was really impressed with these guys. <laughs> and I think that it's, it's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> We were talking about educating the consumers and who are the best people to educate them, the service advisors, right? So where are we going to get the training, Donnie, for the service advisors? There's just only so many fish we can fry at one time. But um, one of the things that we're looking at is building some AMI training that would give the service advisors this information in pieces. Because for a lot of them, it's going to be a lot to digest uh, right away. So that's, that's sort of the plan. David, uh, tooling, are you on the cutting edge at all about the, the calibration? Have you, have, have you seen anything about uh, what's, what it's going to take to calibrate the, a, a, a repaired vehicle? Well, it's definitely going to take compatible scan tools, whether factory or um, compatible aftermarket. And it's definitely going to take some fixtures to be able to you know, measure out distances so the cameras can calibrate themselves. You know, radar stuff like that. Donnie, tell me about the future of this uh, of the, this seminar, uh, this this conference that you're going to have. Uh, you know, uh, well, there were 100 150 people there. Uh, there should have been 10,000 there. Uh, of course, it's new. Uh, we're doing everything we can as far as the media side of the industry to promote what you did and and to get these stories told and to continue to have future podcasts. What's the next steps? to emerge the, the entire industry uh, to, to be sure they stay that one step ahead or in it, deep in it? Well, I think that with like any training, you can only teach the people who are willing to show up. And if they're not willing to show up, I, I can't go knock on their door and I can't put notes on their refrigerator for them that they need to be places. Um, but we really tried to do a very grassroots kind of marketing thing so that um, techs were hearing this from channels that they live in. Um, so that, that, that piece and, you know, and it, it just volumes of what you did to help promote this and, and, and our Facebook community did to promote this and also what Babcocks did to help us. I mean, uh, it was, it was all very well orchestrated. They all worked together. And uh, back at, at uh, headquarters, uh, Leona kind of had her finger on all the buttons, so that was really helpful. But um, the future is this. We, I, I'm sure that we'll do another one. Uh, we're doing in Vegas, we're going to be doing uh, what we call, we're calling this the Advanced Vehicle Technology Forum. You know, we've, we've had this uh, event we've done called TTF, which was telematics and technology. Kind of felt like that limited me a little bit. 
you know, we needed the, the telematics piece of it initially to get interest and get people there. And now that they understand it, we can talk about a little broader topics. Um, so, so the piece at, at Apex is going to feature a lot of this same kind of stuff, but it's going to be aimed. We're going to explain it a little bit better. We're not going to say, we already understand that you are Pete Rudloff or you are Craig O'Neill or you're Dave Wagner and you get all this stuff to begin with. And so here's the really big picture. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to help them understand how this fits in their business and what what to do to make this part of your business model. So that's our focus there. But we'll also have some sexy stuff. We've got a, a lot of participation from the manufacturers uh, for Vegas. So um, that's that's the next step. Um, the next connected cars will probably not be about connected cars uh, because I feel like we could kill that. And, and wear it out, and uh, there will be other opportunities to spread that. So I think our next focus will be on some other advanced vehicle technologies. Uh, I'm thinking powertrains. I'm not going to tip my hand just yet, but um, I've already got some of the best of the best in Detroit lined up that are very excited about the opportunity to, to talk to our guys about that. So um, the whole idea behind connected cars for me when I pitched it to the board was connecting technicians with engineers and making sure the educators are in the room too so that they can pass it along. So right now that's, that's where we're trying to move forward. And uh, I assume we'll do it again. I, I, I can't imagine we wouldn't. Half of our board was there and uh, was really into the whole thing. So we'll do it in Detroit again because that's where these guys live and, and that's where you can get them. Now, Donnie, you said something so interesting, the business side of ADIS, and I wrote down business model. Will we in the future have to worry about service professionals making some changes in, in how we do business because of technology? I don't see how you avoid that. I, I also don't see that being something you have to go, I have to do it today. Um, it, this is something that's going to that's gonna evolve but as vehicles that have more of these features on them are coming out, I, the, the collision industry really wants to keep up. And, and you can see that the, the, the leaders are doing a really good job with that. I don't see a lot of shops. I think when they start looking at the model, they're going to say, I either have to open up a whole other business or I have to start partnering with somebody who can do this stuff for me. You know, and Pete's already got that model and he's already working in that direction. Well, actually, probably everybody on this is working with collision shops because our diagnostic skills make it easier for them to get their to get their cycle time where they want it and all of those things that have to happen in a collision shop. When I saw Steve Zach under the tent outside uh, with this ungodly big calibration contraption, and then he told us what he thought it would sell for, and I think everyone said, ooh, 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 <laughs> I'll wait for my friend to buy that, right? <laughs> So the business model, and like you said, um, are we going to have to be like Pete, you know, if you will, the come to centerpiece? Are you, Pete, besides doing the really heavy, tough diagnostic challenges for many of the shops around you, do you see you ever one day putting in a calibration booth? It, it certainly is possible. So here's here's kind of how I look at it. And, and this is how we treated programming 10 some years ago when you're doing reflashes and programming started becoming really popular on automobiles. Um, I think early adopters are going to be ahead of the curve. 
early adopters are going to probably be the most profitable over time. So whoever gets in early is going to know, they're going to understand the systems, they're going to develop the reputation to be able to do it. You're going to have that expense on the front side. But I think that once everybody's doing it, like programming has become really popular now. Everybody's doing just regular you know, programming, J2534, um, OEM programming, the whole nine yards. So it's kind of driven the profit down some as tooling has gotten more and more expensive. So I think early adopters that get into this are going to see profits very early on and they're going to develop the reputation that allows them to sustain being able to do calibrations for the point of time that calibrations are something that you need fixtures for. I think the, the, the tough part is that there's probably a finite time that the fixtures are going to be around. I think we're going to see that in another five to 10 years, you're going to press a button in the car, maybe with a scan tool or maybe just with a car and the cars are going to auto go into auto learn mode. And then as you're driving down the road, we're already starting to see that on some of the manufacturers where they self calibrate. Everybody's ultimately going to go to self calibration, but there's a, 10-year block of cars out there have these systems that need to be calibrated with fixtures and with tooling. Somebody's going to make money doing that. And it's going to have a limited exposure, like you say. I mean, not everyone's going to go out and want to spend five figures to get all the equipment. If you get your reputation in place and can do it and show that you're competent doing it, it would be a great profit center for the shops to pick it up. I totally agree with Pete. I mean, as a tech, I've noticed over the years, times that the, the guy I worked for, he would always buy equipment. And a lot of times I can never understand where he would get his justification from for buying the stuff. But always being the first guy on the block doing the work, and it, the, the equipment would always pay for itself right away. You know, and as like Pete said, as everybody else starts catching up and starts doing it, it becomes less popular. And, you know what I mean? The, the equipment's paid for at that point. So. You know, everybody else is trying to get it paid for at that point. You now want to develop to... that reputation up front. Exactly, exactly. Calibration specialist, right, Pete? There you go. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> is it possible that you could do this stuff with anything on your own? Donnie, I saw this unbelievable equipment, lasers and, and jigs. Can, can is, is somebody going to figure out it? different better less expensive way or is this going to have to be oh yeah if there's anything that the aftermarket has demonstrated over the years is that they'll figure out a way to do it more efficiently and more streamlined and, and i think that's bosch is is the first to really step up and say how can we build a system that's more universal yeah. and and economical yeah and economical and you know and back to pete's point about you know they're they're I think what, what you also have to keep in mind is he's saying there's going to be 10 model years of vehicles, you know, and, and this is just pulling a number. We don't know exactly, but right. there's going to be 10 model years where this occurs. But the average age of a car right now is a little over 11 and a half years. So we're all retired except maybe for the two young guys here, right? And those cars are still going to need to be serviced. Now, with that said, there's also a good likelihood that a good hard hit totals a lot more of these cars than ever before yeah. uh, just simply because of the co- content that's up front you know we just went through a big hailstorm here in Colorado and I had my electric focus totaled because of how many things got broken over and above the body think of all these vehicles with the cameras 
that are sitting behind a windshield now. Windshields getting smashed and hailstorms. That's a lot of calibrations. And, and an expensive piece of hardware. Wow. What, was I right in understanding that every time a windshield gets replaced, you have to recalibrate? It depends. The, the, the cliche depends. If you put the wrong windshield in, you're going to just be kind of messed up permanently. <laughs> and uh, if, you put the, if you put the right windshield in, you may or may not have to do a calibration. Because technically, technically, the camera shouldn't move on most models when you do the windshield. But if you put the windshield in off center or something, it could create a problem. Yeah, that's where differences in manufacturers come in. Too. Right. So, yeah. Your service information will be key on that. Absolutely. Well, look, at I have um, so enjoyed this. Uh, I think we've done a great service by you guys agreeing to come on here one week after uh, the, the great conference uh, in Detroit. And and put it put this into perspective for us. And what I would like to do is just to go around the room and ask you just for one final last piece. Um, you know, share with a is if you were having coffee at Starbucks. Share with a friend your takeaway on not only the conference but how you look how, how you're looking at future technology based on what you learned uh, last Friday. Craig, I'll start with you. You know, we recently rejoined ASA and um, I had started some conversations with Ray Fisher about my concerns for, you know, viability for businesses with this emerging new technology. It was actually right at the time that Donnie was coming through Grand Rapids and he he hosted a, a smaller, more truncated version of this connected cars um, talk. And so we went to that seminar and we were really encouraged. That was one of the first times that some of the fear was removed. Um, and it was replaced with just some of the most encouraging information that I, I've yet yet been exposed to. So as soon as I heard about this conference, I was like, yeah, we're, we're going. I took took my, one of my techs with me and, and uh, we need to learn this stuff. I'm actively planning on scaling the business to accommodate this sort of technology. And it's important that we do so starting now that these plans take a long time to, to develop and implement but you know th this technology the other thing i left with is is uh it's like golly i i hope that adas doesn't become the modern tpms sensor of our day that light that customers just don't care about okay my acc is not working but i don't care i just drive it like that anyway or my blind spot monitor isn't working or whatever i mean my car i'm still the driver here anyways i'm not worried about that i don't want to pay thousands of dollars to fix something on the car and so you just have these lights and these vehicles that are no longer functioning at a level that they were designed to function at you're losing safety uh, but I mean, you hear stuff all the time. Customers will say, oh, it's just my kid's car. They're going to smash something anyway. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have kids driving age soon. These cars with this technology, that's what I want them learning to drive in. This right. is the sort of stuff that is going to help keep them safe. I, I think it's a valuable thing for the general public. I want to see people also excited about it. I got to learn about it too. And conferences like this were just fantastic. I'm, I'm, trying to make plans to get out to apex now too with with more of the crew so we'll see where that goes but really appreciated it uh david let me give it to you craig mentioned the, the business model at the beginning of connected cars donnie mentioned about how these cars may be pulling into your service station a whole lot more you know because people are going to be sharing cars so instead of, you know, 15,000 miles a year average on a car, you're going to be looking at that in weeks. You know, these cars are going to be coming in 
every couple of days for oil changes and service stuff like that, you know, and like was mentioned, we may have to have 24 hour service shops, you know, and that's going to be, that's going to be great. You know what I mean? Cause it's going to drive the demand for techs up and you know, we may actually start getting paid for what we're worth, you know? So we invest a lot of time and technology and money and tools and um, you know, it'll be good to, to start getting that back soon. Great insight, David. Peter. Look, it's like this. Auto mechanics aren't going anywhere. We're going to continue to fix these systems. It's good news for the consumers, the people that own the cars. We can fix your car. They need to know that. It's good news for the shops that are out there that want to be able to fix the cars. The cars are fixable. So all we need to do, little training, little tooling, keep your service information up to speed. When the cars come in, get excited because they're going to be easy to fix. They're, they're not going to be a big hassle for the people that choose to the tooling, training, and to keep their service information up to speed. So it's an exciting time to be an auto mechanic, I think. Donnie, I'll give you the last word, man. There's nothing I can add to that except to say that my goal in this was to educate my 225,000 friends who do the same thing I do. And if you, if you hear and read the things that came out of this and you think, wow, I wish I was there, you cannot afford to not be at Apex. It's just that simple. You know, it's going to cost you a little bit of money that will pay itself back in spades in so many other ways, even above and beyond the program that we do um, for you. You know, we'll have a day and a half of stuff and we're working with the Apex show itself to make some very exciting things so that service repair um, folks, whether you're an owner or a technician um, or a service writer, you can you can actually take home some meat from the actual show itself. Um, so we're really working on that together between ASA and the Apex management. And I am planning to knock it out of the park on business. Bob Greenwood sitting out here on this thing. Bob and I are building a program that I guarantee you will rock your world. Hey, well, thanks for that little mini commercial, and I don't mind tagging on to that. I'm excited about my role at Apex this year. I'm going to have a podcast studio, and Donnie, I'm going to lead a panel uh, right after uh, November 2nd, in the in the late afternoon of November 2nd, and I think it's all, all around all the, the great things that you're doing called uh, Emerging Technologies, and we're going to have a great panel. So I'm uh, looking forward to working with you. And, and to keep the message going, and to keep the message going. Thank you to Donnie and to David and to Peter and to, uh, to Craig for being on with us. Have a great day, Thanks, guys. Carmen. Bye now. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time, 